0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of Unprepared DMs. I'm one half of your host, Alpha Nova.
1: And I'm Alpha the other Alpha. host, bro.
0: And today we're joined here with Jack H. Thank you for joining us today, Jack.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: So I was feeling a little feeling a little risky the other day. and shot my shot to get you and a few of the creators on here. So I appreciate you for being the, the first one to respond. It was very awesome.
2: And, yeah, uh, um... I know you did uh, a podcast with D&D Demonetized. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, he's
0: uh, yeah. I, uh, he's
2: awesome. He, yeah.
0: he, he was he's a great. whole treat to have him on. And mm-hmm. I'd I like to see the success he's, ha- success he's having right now.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so, very nice to watch all of that.
0: Yeah, we can just get right into it. Uh, so when you are starting to build your D&D, can, like, starting to point your new campaigns, your world, like, how do you like go into that process? Like, what inspires you to build your worlds and inspires your campaigns?
2: Uh, normally it will be a simple like seed idea. Like, uh, for instance, um, the Plot Doctor and I, another TikTok creator, have been ping ponging back and forth ideas about what if the party is the only adventuring party, and mm-hmm. why would that be the case? Um, or for example, uh, or another example, I should say, um, in the d timeline, there's something called the Dawn War, which was kind of when, like, things were still being shaken out and, like, established. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if the, you know, storyline was set then, right? And then it's kind of like, what? well, that's before there was really, like, gods established. So is this a story about establishing gods? Is that the entire point of this? Are the, is the party becoming gods, or do they, like, pick teams and like the teams that they pick that
1: ends up becoming the god you
2: know
0: okay along
1: those lines
0: that's pretty interesting um
1: have your has your party done anything that's like unexpected and if so what do they or did you do any kind of process to go along with it um
2: so I'm a very no but dm um so When my party does something unexpected, which is always, um, Hmm. it leads to very interesting things happening. And I can never really tell what's going to happen in any particular session, especially with certain players. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I dropped a dagger once that wasn't meant to be sentient, but they're like, now this is a sentient dagger. And then I was like, "Eh, maybe it's a sentient dagger, but maybe it's not like fully wicked maybe it needs to be a sword to be sentient and then blood the druid is like i planted in my pot of awakening it's like hmm. if anyone could ju- grow a sword it's you
0: okay so yeah that's wow. def- definitely unexpected <laughs> mm-hmm. um so this past year has been very weird for everyone like with the whole pandemic and everything how did that play a role in your content creating as a whole and with your DD group
2: uh, contact crediting, I kind of moved away from Twitter uh, and into TikTok um, mm-hmm. as a better platform for just how I think um, and how I like can formulate ideas. Then for Dungeons and Dragons, I went from DMing for a party of eight to realizing that I couldn't run for a party of eight online. Splitting that party of eight into two other parties, being like, hey, Facebook friends, you wanna play some Dungeons and Dragons with me? Ending out running a third campaign. Oh, wow. uh, so until this month, I was running for 18 people a week.
0: Eighteen. Wow. Was wow, it like one a... like was it one like shared universe?
2: Yes. Uh the party members could jump back and forth between which party they were in. That it was just a simple like one-to-one swap. Um, assuming that their characters were in the same location available to do that. Uh, and then one thing that a party would do would affect the stories of the other parties. Oh, that's pretty cool. Interesting. Uh, the, um, biggest,
0: the biggest group I personally DM for was like eight, so that's pretty cool that you did 18 people. That's, that's pretty yeah. impressive.
2: So, so uh, to, to break it down, it wouldn't be 18 people all in one night. It, yeah, would it be, was, like three, it was three, three nights of six.
0: Jeez. But uh, bro, I
1: believe you had a question. Uh, yeah, I know, Jack, that you said you had, uh, how you came up with an idea. But do you have any tips for like growing off of that idea? Like, what if the party was the only adventuring party? Um,
2: so it's just a process of thinking about what the implications of that would be, um, and then just running with it and. Really, it comes down to whatever you think is cool should stay in and whatever you think isn't cool, just toss it. So
0: when
1: it, you, you
2: don't you don't necessarily need to make a cohesive world that makes sense outside of the game itself, mm-hmm. right? Um I think it was Hitchcock, I don't know, one of those directors had, had like the, the fridge rule where like as long as it makes sense in the movie theater. Right, it's fine to be in the script. Yeah, but and if it's a plot hole that you realize when you're at home, then like it doesn't matter. the The movie's already done its job, right? Same thing with Dungeons and Dragons. You don't need to know why there's a lion chasing you know some cows in the middle middle of you know, fantasy England. That it, it just is. For yeah. sure.
0: So that that makes you know once you know once it happens in game. It makes sense there. It doesn't have to make sense out of the session. 100% agree with that. Um, I saw a video of yours the other day, I believe you posted it. It was either the other day or the day before. Uh, How to make your big bad more medicine. Mm -hmm. So besides a medicine DM, what is your favorite kind of like, not DM, medicine big bad? What's your favorite kind of big bad and where do you get the inspiration to make that big bad?
2: So I was running for 18 players, as you know, uh, and most of my players have figured this out by now, uh, so I don't feel bad about saying it on a podcast, but my big bad was actually one of my players, Ooh. and the story was basically about that player uh, juicing up their powers and the other teams juicing up their individual powers to you know, fight that big bad, not realizing who the big bad was going to be.
0: That's pretty cool
1: i think uh, I think Robert you can't you had an idea for that, but I just didn't come to light
0: I did so i I had a player of mine originally from my campaign I'm running right now, he wanted to be the big bad mm-hmm. as a dm i had as, uh, I had an old dm who always like frowned upon that and always i like, said mm-hmm. that would never work this is and that so like i never I didn't pull the trigger on it I just that's from being pounded in my mind every time you we ran a
2: campaign. You, you need players that you can really trust to do it. And there's a thin line between, like, playing an antagonist and, like, just a dick, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and so, like, like it was, this particular player was very good at, like, skirting that line between, like, is this guy evil or is he just weird? You know?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, like, I never pulled the trigger on it, but that's interesting that you did it. Because I was like, I was on the fence about it for like a month before I pulled the trigger hmm. and said, I, I can't do it. But I'm sure you know that's that's very interesting. You had a player be the big bad, and I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, and, and, and for anyone who uh, is curious, uh, who has watched any of my other uh, Blaze in the Dark live streams, our producer Ricky uh, is my big bad evil guy.
0: That's awesome. And, like, so, like, was it, like, a moment where, like, did you, like, set up from, like, the beginning of the session zero to, like, whenever he revealed himself? Were there, like, little drops that he might be the big bad, like, little
2: hints towards it? Uh, It was when, so, this campaign is five years old now, <laughs> um, and we've had a assortment of different lineups and, like, reboots, not of the story, but of the parties, right? So, yeah. Uh, there wasn't always a like this one guy is gonna be my big bad evil guy. It was more or less, I want this deity to be the antagonist. Yeah. And I want then like later on, I was like, okay, I have all these players, let's do some interesting things. Hey Ricky, <laughs> do you want to be the avatar of this deity? And essentially, uh the player is now playing at Avatar of Vecna.
1: That's, I like that. I actually you like that there, become evil.
0: That I Honestly, I really do like that a lot. And that's something I'm going to... You know, if I have a trustworthy player enough, I definitely would like to do that. Um,
2: I don't think it, I would have been able to pull it off if the rest of the party was either nonchalantly oblivious to it or the yeah. party that, that the player was in was either nonchalantly oblivious to it or actively in support of going more evil. Yeah. Um so. kind of...
1: plot twist in the plot twist? They yeah. support the big bad evil guy.
2: The the rogue was like, "Hey, hey, what are you doing?" And like the the paladin who was turning evil was like, "Nothing." And then the rogue was like, "I follow him." <laughs> and then like like see some some terrible stuff go down, and then the the rogue's like, "I'm I'm behind this. I'll I'll get behind this. Uh, what what do you need?" <laughs> the rogue's always oh. the to. Due to
0: morally questionable things. Oh. Um, which kind of brings me to my next point. Uh, have you ever ran a party or a, game, uh, a, a campaign of an all evil campaign uh, party? Um, those tend ten to be like the most hectic ones.
2: I would say no. Oh, I'm most hectic because my generally good parties have been completely off the wall and like. Insane, uh, But the the split two or six 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 uh party count yeah like one of those being evil is the closest that I ever came to it, and not all of the characters in that were evil. Okay, fair enough.
1: Um, there I know that there are some times where DMs just have to deal or have deal with um char- characters that just maybe make too much jokes in, like, a serious situation, or maybe there's just, like, pretty much just, like, too light about something. Have you ever had that? It's all
2: about tone setting, right? So if the tone is right, then the players will understand that a character making jokes is a way of leveling... The situation. People <laughs> in the real world, when they're faced with absolutely terrible things, do make jokes. Yes, hundred percent. And understanding that is just part of being a DM. If it's, it's not someone ruining the situation, it's someone playing their character.
0: Yep. Um. Yeah. That's completely true. Uh. I mean, I'm one of those people when like, I get really bad news. You know, you got to make those jokes. You, gotta, you know, lighten the situation. Mm-hmm. Um. So I love watching your videos. I get a lot of inspiration for stuff that you post, and I kind of try to implement my stuff.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: but so, like, how do you personally see yourself? Like, how do you separate yourself from other DMs or other players? Like, do you have your own like little like niche that you like to do? Like, is there like a recurrent NPC that might make it to your campaigns all the time?
2: Um. I don't know if it necessarily sets me out apart from other players. It's just a lot of mechanics that made the running for so many people like possible. Yeah. Uh, So in my world, the time space continuum is breaking down as like a, oh, you spot a plot hole. No, you didn't. (laughs) Uh, Space time continuum. I saw Um, your time travel video. That was pretty, really interesting. Because of that, I'm also having all of the party members meet uh, evil or bizarro counterparts. Uh, for for example, the evil paladin met his good counterpart, who was played by DD Demonetize Demonetized as a cameo in my campaign. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, oh, wow. So, so it wasn't the evil twin, it was the good twin. I like that. Uh, so... And it's not necessarily that they're evil. If they're a neutral character, then their counterpart will be neutral as well. It's just they'll be lawful instead of chaotic. If, yeah. You
1: know. Awkward reunion.
2: Yeah. And then I also have a goblin who they have met several times, but every time that they meet the goblin in a new place, it's a different age. So they, they originally picked up the goblin as like kind of freshly adult goblin, which is like in between six and eight for goblins. Yeah. Um, and then they met the goblin as a wizard because they were trying to teach it how to be a wizard when it was like really young and then they met it again in the same place as like an old like crotchety wizard
1: I love it I love it did he learn the magic well
2: well the goblin was like 200 years old at the last time which is like dramatically ancient for a uh, a goblin so I guess he learned the magic well (laughs) um
0: (laughs) That's actually
2: pretty funny. Uh, do you have a favorite non-combat
0: moment in any of your campaigns
2: so far? Non-combat moment? Uh Oh, too many to count. We we do a lot of weird stuff out of combat. <laughs> um, you'll have to come back to me with that one. And that's fine. I'll, that's I'll need fine.
1: to think about it for a sec.
0: That, that's, we have nothing but time
1: right now. Yeah. Uh, do you have a way, you, if anyone like meets a random NPC, do you have like a list for that? Or do you just make it up on the spot?
2: So I have ADHD, uh, which makes uh, flash reading for me incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. So lists of names and stuff like that do not help me unless I've prepared it beforehand. And even then, like I'll forget it. So it's all it's all improv for me, right there at the table. Nice. I I
0: I I do not have ADHD, but I feel that as well where it's like a lot of NPCs names that I come up with are on the fly, mm-hmm. and it's something like like my, my campaign right now is saying, like Dark Ages, medieval, uh, like Europe setting, and I introduced a guy named Jonathan the other day. I'm like, it's, it fits. <laughs> So yeah. I feel that a lot. Um, now, are you like, so how long have you been a DM for?
2: I've been a DM for seven years now. Okay.
0: Now, when you have you ever encountered like the typical like red flags in your campaigns yet with like, a player?
2: I have, but I kind of like blocked that out of my. Okay. Uh, so, I, I also run a Discord that is all Dungeons & Dragons, right? Or Dungeons and & Dragons and other TTRPGs. Yeah. Um, and on that Discord, are like, test to be able to see more of the server than, yeah. like, what, what you just joined with is to play a game with us. Play a one-shot with us. And we've run into quite a few... I say quite a few. We've run into at least two people who is like, ooh, no, uh, you can't party with us.
0: Yeah, no, I, so. I, I feel that. I had, um, in my very early on the I ran into a red flag, and like it wasn't like the typical ones. It was more uh-huh. so, um, non-participation, and like not by like he didn't he, he role played sometimes, but it was very like, like when there was a moment coming up, he was like, I kick my feet back and I just relax. It's like. And everyone else is fighting for fair lives. So I don't know how to deal with it. So I always ask my other guests who do our DMs how they handle it. So I always ask that question.
2: Yeah. Um, normally how I handle red flags or at least the red flags that I've come across so far
0: mm-hmm.
2: is we'll finish out the session and then I'll have a conversation with them post-session. Yeah. Being like, what was up with this? You know. Oh, next time, talk to your DM, you know, stuff like that. Um, And the the, the red flag that I'm thinking about in particular, the player didn't select the languages of their character. And then when they came across a language in the one shot, they added it to their character sheet.
0: Oh, so basically cheated.
2: Yeah. And then, and I was like, they're like, that's how we normally do it in my groups, and I was like, okay, that's fine, but next time, talk to your DM and ask yeah. if that's acceptable.
0: I think that's the key to a successful d group, is that communication. Yeah. I mean...
2: 100%. It's all I, about communication.
0: I thought, you know, bro's one of my players in my campaigns, and uh, I I talk to them from the moment the session starts to the next session. I try to always make sure everyone's having fun, What's not, what's working, what's not working, and that's what, that's what I like to do so I think said communication is key especially in DD that's pretty much all dD is is communication
1: hmm. D d is just the communication constantly
0: yeah so like if you don't have that communication between your DM and player you just just one you can't fix anything and one the game would be
1: pretty much worse more
0: hectic than it already is <laughs> um, so with your campaigns do you I'm because I personally don't do it does religion play a big part in your campaigns?
2: So we have taken the rules from uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros and implemented them Mm -hmm. into the campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also have implemented the rules from Strongholds and Followers. So the players all have the option of praying. And depending on what they roll praying, the god might ignore them, the god might Put some sort of madness on them or the god might allow them to essentially cast some sort of div- div- divination spell to get an answer
0: that's pretty cool and, th- and th- we know you know all the kind of that we, like, we never did religion so like that you kind of incorporate you-, you do that
2: and... and then yeah and then my gods are the four e gods which are the same gods that matt mercer uses in his campaigns
0: Okay. I was actually about to get into the other systems. So, like, I started off in Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have, so, like, I saw your video about this also, so you're probably sort of kind of re-answering yourself. What is your favorite mechanics from other uh, systems that you kind of use in 5e?
2: Oh, so many. Uh, so, 13th Age has a mechanic called One Unique Thing. Mm-hmm. Essentially, in character creation, you can come up with one thing that no other person in the world has (laughs) that is unique to your character it could be anything it could be uh to use 13th ages examples your heart is clockwork and was forged by the dwarves or (laughs) you're the daughter of the emperor yeah for sure um that that's a big one um There's a lot of 4th edition stuff that I've like cross-pollinated 5th edition with just to make it play more like 4th edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that for me is really about adding character agency uh, or player agency to the character builds so that they can play the character that they want to play. Or about making positioning and the combats more vital. Um, I don't know if I have anything really from Pathfinder. I did play Pathfinder for five years. um, And I still haven't played Pathfinder 2, although I'd love to play. I don't think I would like DMing it, though.
0: Uh, I've never DMed it, Sasha, for Pathfinder. I played a lot of it. And the one that I wanted to bring back into my campaign, but it's also it was very broken in Pathfinder from what I remember. The CMB and the CMD mechanics. Mm. Um, that stuff, if you like, didn't have a combat, if you weren't specialized in combat maneuver, it was it's pretty awful to use. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's something I kind of I liked. I also like, to me, I like the, the customization of the Pathfinder more mm. than 5e now. 5e is very yeah. simple.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, the So my problem with the customization in Pathfinder is that I was the type of person who would feel like I would have to lay out my character because 5e is very forgiving, where if you make the wrong decision, Mm -hmm. it won't really affect your character that much. Whereas in Pathfinder, if you (laughs) make the wrong step on your feet tree, you're you're nerfed until you can, you know, fix that. Yeah, I... (sighs)
0: There, there was a lot of things about Pathfinder that I, it was very custom, you, you customize a lot, but if you did it wrong, like you said, you're, you're screwed until so you can fix it. Yeah. So, 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 I've yeah. heard
1: about characters. I was going to ask if you've played uh, in, in any campaigns and in those campaigns did the DM do anything memorable?
2: So the most memorable experience that I have playing any campaign was my first time playing through Curse of Strahd. Of my life domain cleric, who was a pacifist, uh, meaning that he was okay with killing things that were already dead, but he didn't kill things that weren't already dead. Uh, got really depressed and basically separated himself from the rest of the party. And spoilers for Curse of Strahd, there's a point where there's this giant undead tree coming to destroy everything and it's supposed to be this epic like turning point battle that your party's supposed to take place in but my character was the only one who was there so the dm was like all right um because your your friend died and the gods are feeling merciful they're going to give you a level 20 for one minute Oh we wow. uh, oh, we're, wow. we're going to focus on the rest of the party and we're going to come back to you you know 1 hour later after i sorted through all the spells um you know have access to ninth level spells i the the dm was prepared for me to do this epic like battle sequence cuz he knew that i knew you know dungeons and dragons combat inside yeah. and out i run up to the tree and i'm like hey guan the tree's undead, right? Which oh. means that it's dead, right?
1: Yeah.
2: True resurrection.
1: <laughs>
2: uh and so I baby grooted this giant old dead tree. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh which like isn't necessarily strictly like following all the rules as written, but it was really cool in the situation. <laughs>
0: So like did you were able to use the tree for like, like as
2: an ally? Uh it it was a baby groot, so it was just we're kind of walking around with like a, a little dancing tree in a pot. That's pretty cool. I like <laughs> yeah. that. I think I, combat I, ensues, resurrection.
0: I, I, I yeah. just ordered a cursor so I'm excited for it to come in the mail.
2: So, uh, the book, or um, did you get the box bundle? I got the, 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 the revamped one with the coffin, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that looks so cool.
0: It was, it looks amazing. And everyone, like, everybody on TikTok is like, Curse Straw this, Curse of that. I'm like, I'm trying Curse of
2: Do you have um, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft yet? Uh, I do okay, so yeah, uh, Curse Straw plus Van Richten's Guide pair really well.
0: I got Ravenloft uh like I was cause I run a campaign right now with a big band's a vampire. So like okay. when Ravenloft was announced was when my can when I session zero my campaign. So it's like when this can't when this book comes out, you bet your bucks I am using this. <laughs> so I was very excited for this book. And I I just heard that they I think it's a new dragon book coming out.
2: Yes. Um Fizzbang's Treasury of Dragons.
0: That's, that looks very interesting as well. Like I'm excited for that one as well.
2: I'm excited for all three of the books that are coming out. Um, oh, I thought it
0: was just a dragon one coming out.
2: Yeah, so there's Fizzbang, uh, Treasury of Dragons, which is all dragons. Um, monks and Rangers get subclasses that are dragon-themed. Uh, kobolds and Dragonborn both get updates. And then there are gem dragons finally being added to fifth yeah, edition.
0: That should have been uh, there a while ago.
1: <laughs> I think and, I've seen something from there. Yeah. I think it's Way of the Ascendant Dragon, Monk.
2: Yes, I believe that is the one. Yeah, because
0: that's um, what the one we use in my campaign now, but it's not officially out yet.
2: Yes. And a third of that book is going to be a, a bestiary of just dragon Ken and dragons.
0: I was, I was excited
2: uh, about. When I
0: heard that, I was like... Well, yes, yeah, because I run two campaigns. In
1: the other campaign, my players have pet dragons. So I'm like,
2: finally. Oh, man. Uh, the other two books coming out are uh, Strix, uh, which is hey, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons at a college, at a wizard school? Um, and there, there's mechanics that, like, you can take tests that will give you mechanical bonuses uh. for the rest of the campaign. Nice. Uh, which I think is really cool. And that is a Magic the Gathering crossover Dungeons and Dragons book again. And then the last one coming out which is the one that I think I'm personally most excited about is The Wild Beyond Light, Which is a uh, 50-50 campaign setting and adventure. Yeah. Uh, basically there's a carnival that travels around uh, which is the counterpart of the carnival from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft and the party encounters the carn- carnival, shenanigans ensue, and you wind up in the Feywild. Ooh. And the Feywild is divided up, instead of domains of dread, domains of delight.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. That's... I'm actually more excited now, because I, I don't even know about the dragon books, and that's pretty cool coming out. Uh, three of those books are coming out.
1: It sounds now, very interesting for all DMs.
2: I, <laughs> I'm excited about that one, because uh, Fey is my like number one like i love telling fae stories in my games
0: i i, I like to fae as well i one of my players very early on i kind of because I'm, I'm, I'm making like a, a pretty decent sized universe now at this point with these this one campaign he ended up becoming like the king of the fae in my in my uh, world so i, I like to fail lot yeah I saw something about, like, Master Yaga, and I was like, mm-hmm. I, love v- I love Yaga. Um, mm-hmm. So the fe- the fate is very interesting, um, in my opinion, at least. Um, what I wanted to ask as well was, a lot of my campaigns are homebrew. I'm, sh- I'm sure a-, a bit of yours is as well. Uh, so, like, when you introduce a new thing for homebrewing, I saw your video about balancing it out, where you only need to balance it for your players because it's not like a published thing. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you go about balancing throughout your players, though?
2: It's kind of a, like, whack-a-mole situation, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, I gave that person something cool, time to give this person something cool, time to give that person something cool. Okay, so it's kind of like... Situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the other part of it is it's the sort of thing where it's about player initiative for me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where if they have a cool idea, I'll run with that. Uh, for example, there's a gunslinger Warforged named Cade in my campaign where he he had his uh, pistol that he was like never separated from like cursed items and we're like just joking around and i was like what if it is a cursed item he's like yeah let's make it a cursed item so since it was a cursed item we could like add so much more to it of like stuff that it could do um and so interesting idea there he's basically he's also really into um building mechanics so he's upgrading the pistol to be it's like true form Um, Uh oh and it has a lot of anime influences, like just baked into it, which I think is like really cool. I... Um, the the final form of it, I'm not gonna lie, I stole the concept from um, TriGun, Vash the Stampedes, okay, like Death Cannon. Yeah. Hm. Um. Basically, Cade when he fires it, it does a uh, line of damage. Um, I think it's 120 feet line of damage. The damage equals Cade's current HP, and it drops Cade to zero.
1: Oh, wow. wow. Jeez, that's that is an interesting way to use a weapon. I yeah. like it
0: a lot. Well, um...
1: this is the last five minutes remaining, and then this is usually the time where you can plug in whatever you want. Yeah, so basically
0: uh, the last five minutes to, of the uh, Unprepared Dance, what we do is uh, we let the guests plug whatever they need to plug in, like TikTok, uh, mm-hmm. Twitch, anything else. So, so what are you working This is your time. What are you, what are you working on,
2: Jack? Uh, just go check out my uh, TikTok, JackH3427. Uh, that's Jack Hart in Leet, if anyone was curious, because no one seems to be able to figure that out. I did. just thought it was not nice, uh, to be
0: honest.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, go, go check me out on TikTok. Uh, send me a message. Uh, say hi. Absolutely. Thank you again for being a
0: part of this, Jack. We really did appreciate it. and
2: It was a uh, great pleasure to have I you here. I look forward
0: to more videos coming out of your TikToks. So.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Anytime. Thank you again. Yeah. All right. Uh,